Welcome back to Our Walk in Christ. So today I want to talk about this church growth movement uh, that has been moving throughout uh, certainly Western areas, America for sure, but Western cultures as well. Uh, there's just a whole lot of this and uh, I think the reason I want to talk more about it is it's starting to become it's starting to become kind of scary looking and and what it uh, what it's trying to do what it's trying to say not that I'm concerned with the business practices that they want to implement but I'm more concerned with the fact that that in part of what they're trying to do in attempting to grow the church so big you have to deny the gospel and you have to stop speaking the truth and that in and of itself is a problem. Now, first you need to understand that this is not necessarily a church movement nearly as much as it was a business movement, uh, which had a lot to do with uh, with one guy who ended up mentoring both Bill Hybels and Rick Warren, kind of the two pioneers of this entire seeker-sensitive and church growth movement. And those two shared a common mentor, that being Peter Drucker, who wanted to found his concepts. Now, this guy is not a Christian, but he looked at the influence and the power that a church could have and said that this is something that a church could possibly uh, could possibly um, uh, do and looking at the leaders and the influencers and understanding that he had an audience in both Hybels and Warren who and Warren for sure I don't know about Hybels but Warren for sure also pulled a lot of information in from from Norman Vincent Peale and from Robert Schuller, who were not exactly upstanding people in the Christian community uh, you know they focus more on psychology and and going out and uh, and uh, not preaching a sound gospel but preaching a gospel that would attract followers and that's the problem is when we are preaching a gospel to attract followers we're not preaching a gospel to to save people from their sins and first and fundamental in a short video like this I can't cover all of the ins and outs but there's a great three-hour documentary that talks about all this and that is called Church of Terrors that looks at the church growth movement the roots and all this kind of stuff um, and of course you know like all things there's some things in there I, I probably might disagree with if I watched it with a very close eye but that's quite okay I'd encourage everybody to go watch it formulate your own opinion and and things like that uh, but what I wanted to say is my experience and my influence because you know I hadn't seen really any of that stuff I think the first time I saw any of that was I was in a small group about 15 years ago or so and they decided they wanted to start doing Bill Hybels book and I don't remember which book Bill Hybels uh, we, we were doing it was some Hybels book though and I read the first chapter of it and I said this is this is garbage this is not Christian stuff this is this is psychology this is business which I'm not opposed to psychology or business it's just when you have psychology and business in the guise of Christianity and you're utilizing that to say this is a Christian book to grow our church and uh, and I decided I was gonna leave that group for a while and after a little bit I, I went back into the group and and it came it kind of dawned on me that once a group starts doing that kind of stuff unless there's some radical change or some radical repentance of the leader it's not worth it it's done so at that point in time I'm just like you know let's find something else and and uh, so in that respect I decided not to pursue that particular group because of that and in reality that group ended up being a very divisive group in the whole church um, and really the the members of that group kind of caused what I consider the downfall of that particular church and then um, of course 
probably a year or so later, um, if that. I don't remember exactly what the time frame differences were because between when this Bill Hybels book showed up in the small group and then the Purpose Driven Life shows up. So, of course, the Purpose Driven Life is you're supposed to read this book and it's going to give you purpose and focus in your life. The problem is there is not an ounce of the gospel in that book. It's all the social gospel. Of course, that book is by Rick Warren. Um, and uh, so our church goes out and, you know, without us even reading it, they, they do this, this sermon, this motivating sermon. And anytime a church starts doing a sermon to try and push its congregation into the plan of the church, we start to have a problem because now the church is no longer about building up the individuals in that church to go into the world to preach the gospel, the church starts trying to unify itself to bring the whole world into the church. And then that in and of itself raises the issue to where you are going to, uh, you're going to look at that and you're going to go, eh, I don't know. Um, it fundamentally starts to deny the gospel because things like sin are offensive. And that's why Christ said, if they hate you, remember they hated me first. Christ didn't say, I came to unite, but he said, I came to divide a father against a son, a mother against her daughter. Okay. Now we're not looking for, for division for the sake of division. We're looking at, are we standing on the gospel? And this church growth movement does not stand on the gospel. So as the church starts preaching this and they start, you know, talking about this book and of course the congregation, where you got to buy the books for 10 bucks or whatever it was at the time to buy the books. And then we have commitment cards. Anytime I start seeing a church with commitment cards, I start thinking that other verse of Jesus, let your yes be yes, your no be no, but don't swear any oaths, right? And so I start looking at these commitment cards and going, I don't know. And uh, in, in total defiance, I didn't put a commitment card in there, but you know, most of the sheeple, commitment card, I'll put it in the plate without even thinking about what you're doing. You just committed yourself to reading a book for 40 days and doing everything that it says without thinking of it. And you made that commitment as an oath before your church. Did you read that book? Do you understand what's in that book? Now, if you've read the book afterwards or maybe you've read the book beforehand, you go, hmm, this is a great idea. I've read the book. I think it's great. Whatever. That's fine. But when a church starts getting the congregation to, to do commitments and collecting signatures on commitment cards to read books that may or may not, that, that do not even share the gospel. The Purpose Driven Life does not share the gospel of Jesus Christ. It does not start the foundation that we are sinners and we are incapable of our own salvation and we need a resurrected Lord to save us from our predicament. That is the first foundation. If you deny that you are a sinner, you have no salvation. You can't because what are you being saved from? And the Purpose Driven Life doesn't do that. And then, of course, uh, so... After that period of time, within about five years or so, that church started to die. I mean, it took its final gasping breaths and, you know, it still exists as a group of people. But today, it seems to me more like a social club, you know, and I'm not there anymore, you know, because I wanted to go and hear the gospel. I didn't want to go and be entertained and I don't want to go and and to a seeker sensitive place. It's going to be soft and peddly and pandering to the unbelieving world. That's not our task. That's not the task of the church. Now, we as people need to go out into the world and love the world. It doesn't matter if they're straight or gay or Republican or Democrat. It doesn't matter. We're supposed to go into the world and love the world. But as we go into the world and love the world and we, we are helping to feed the hungry, we're helping to, to heal the sick, we're helping to do these alleviating things, our first call 
is to talk about the gospel. The problem is the gospel is inherently offensive because I have to stand on the Bible and say, this action is a sin. And we all are slaves to sin. The difference between a Christian and a non-Christian is the Christian realizes his life is sin. The Christian realizes that there's that there's uh, there's this inherent desire in us to sin. But the power of Christ and the power of being a Christian is is we start gaining the ability to say no to that sin as we agree with God. And one of the biggest challenges and fundamental problems in the church today is that the the church itself right now wants to deny that certain sinful actions are actually sinful actions. And once you start denying that and you start not wanting to preach about sin because it might offend somebody in the audience, that's the problem. But the reality is that when we as Christians go into the church, we are supposed to go into the church to learn the Word of God. And the Word of God is full of a lot of discussions. The Word of God is full of a lot of truths. It's full of a lot of bold statements. It's full of a lot of black and white language. That's okay. But the purpose of the church is not to pander to the non-believers. The purpose of the church is to preach the gospel, one, but two, and more importantly, to build up the believers, to teach them sound doctrine, to encourage them to read their scriptures, to understand what the Bible says, not one little verse here and there, but to understand the overarching principle. Because when we understand the depth of Christ through his word, which is the only way that we have solid revelation from him that's undisputable, when we get into that point, then we have the ability to go out and understand it. Then we have the ability to go out and defend our faith. You know, Peter tells us to be ready in season and out of season to prepare a defense for the hope that is within us. We have to do that. And we can't do that if we're pandering one little verse here, if, if our churches are self-help messages, not expositional understanding of the scriptures, because that's the task of us as Christians. And then us as Christians need to go out into the world where we are called. A person who, who has come out of homosexuality needs to go into the LGBT community because they understand it. And then they're supposed to go in there and love people and prepare a defense for the hope that is within them. And those of us that have been fallen into fornication and adultery, we need to go into those worlds. Those of us that were recovered from drug addicts, we need to go into that world and save people from that. We have this task, we have this calling, but it is our job as the Christians to do that. It is the church's job to prepare and equip us as Christians to do that. And the church can't do that if they're pandering to the unbeliever. Because I got news for you, it's never in the history of Christianity been the task of the believer to drag an unsaved guy into the church. It's been our task to go out to make disciples of the nation and then the disciples of the nation will come into the church. So we have to remember what our mission is and it is to stand on the word, not get caught up in the church growth stuff, not get caught up in looking at the numbers, not get caught up in caring how big our congregation is, or not by counting the number of commitments to read the latest book. And then I got news for you, you know, the, the last several books I've been recommended by churches have been the most mindless pseudo-Christian garbage I've ever seen in my life. And I got news, man, I just end up finished writing a parody on one of them and I was just going to let it go and then I found out that all of the churches in town had 
I'm going to use the word conspired together to preach this to their congregations to start a neighboring movement through the art of neighboring, which is how Bible-believing pastors could possibly have read that book and thought it was a good book is beyond me. It's completely twists the scriptures around to make a point that is not found in the Bible. And so I wrote a parody of it. So if you want to see a fun parody of that, check out Art of Shallow Neighboring at ourwalkinchrist.com. Uh, you can check that out. You can also find that book online on Amazon and other places where books are sold. Uh, it's brand new though, so give it a few weeks to hit places that are not Amazon. Um, but uh, you can check out that book, Art of Shallow Neighboring, and uh, you can see that. You know, And I wrote that because of this movement inside of churches to to pander to the non-believers and to deny the gospel of Christ. In fact, even that book, Art of Shallow Neighboring, never one time do they talk about the gospel. They spend the entire book in Art of, uh, in Art of Neighboring, they spend the entire book saying, we got to follow the great commandment. But they have redefined the great commandment. Remember the great commandment, according to Jesus, is to love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength. They usurp the love for God with the love for neighbor, making the love for neighbor the idol. Then they proceed to call loving your neighbor the greatest commandment, and they have not had a single iota about how to have a relationship with God. They didn't have a single iota about the gospel of Christ. They talked a whole lot about getting people to love Jesus, but they never talk about what a Christian actually is. And that's offensive to the extreme because they were denying God and trying to build up big communities of people without ever actually talking about what the gospel really is. That's a problem, people. That's a problem. And in all defense, I don't think the art of shallow neighboring had anything the gospel in any way, but I was making fun of a lot of things uh, in the Christian church. So, regardless, um, thanks for watching. If you want to see more of what we're doing, ourwalkinchrist.com. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.